In this episode, I had the opportunity to speak with founder of Some of Us Festival, Madison Ecker. You can find out more about her festival on www.someofusfest.com. Key points addressed were Madison's reasons for launching the first ever wellness festival for women, trans, and non-binary peoples. We also looked at the specifics as to her virtual festival happening this year in 2020, as well as the plans for the return to the much-anticipated in-person festival for Some of Us Festival planned for 2021. Stay tuned for my riveting talk with Madison Ecker. Hi, my name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series contains interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts regardless of age, status, or industry. We aim to contribute to the evolving global dialogue surrounding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to check out our subsequent series that dive deep into specific areas such as vegan life, fasting, and roundtable topics. They can be found via our website, patriciacathleen.com, where you can also join our newsletter. You can also subscribe to all of our series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. Welcome back. I'm your host, Patricia, and today I am sitting down with Madison Ecker. She is the founder of Some of Us Festival, and you can locate it online, www.someofusfest.com. That is S-U-M-O-F-U-S-F-E-S-T.com. Welcome, Madison. Thank you, Patricia. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you as well. Um, we did kind of a preview of this where we did an interview that got ruined with the files. And so I'm excited to kind of come back in and dive even deeper, even though redoing podcasts is rough. Um, I feel like the second go round is always genius. And for everyone listening, I am going to read a brief bio on Madison. But before I do that, I'll offer you a quick roadmap of where my inquiries will be headed today. Um, so you can kind of have a trajectory before we go there. I'll first look at Madison's academic and professional story um, leading up into this point. Any pertinent issues or points along the way that she found um, were kind of integral into leading her here. And then I'll directly look at unpacking Some of Us Fest. Um, I'll look at the website and then also what the festival is, what it endeavors to do, when it was conceptualized, and then when it was founded, launched, all of the um, important figures along the way, funding, all of those things. And then we'll also look at the ethos behind it and some of the motivation and how some of that has changed, particularly given the current state of the COVID-19 pandemic and how all of that has kind of unfolded for both Madison and her endeavors with some of us. Um, and then we'll look at goals that Madison may have over the next one to three years. I know those are changing for everyone. The dialogue on that landscape is really diversified. And then we'll wrap everything up with advice that Madison has for those of you who are listening, who would like to attend or get involved or even emulate some of what she's done um, in her career with the development of some of us. A quick bio is promised on Madison. Madison Ecker is a trailblazer in the LGBTQ plus wellness industry and the visionary behind Some of Us Festival. As the first ever wellness festival for women, trans, and non-binary folks, Madison is revolutionizing the way in which wellness and authenticity manifest within her respective communities. 
So um, Madison, I am, I am obsessed with your festival and have been since first learning about it and interviewing you some weeks ago. But I'm hoping before we get into unpacking that, would you mind kind of giving a description of um, your brief academic background and early professional life, whatever important points brought you to development of some of us? Yes. Well, thank you. Um, so I wouldn't say the, the academic part of myself is, is what led me to Some of Us Festival. I, I went to university, but I would say that wasn't, um, didn't really have too much of a role in um, my event uh, production life. Um, I went to school for painting. And although that was like a fantastic experience, um, I would say I was brought up um, in the event world. Um, my, my father's an entrepreneur and I really learned and got my education, I'd say from him and from touring with him and then from also working in nightlife and working with events. So actually just direct experience versus, versus learning it in school. And sometimes I think that's the best method of education because it was real and I got to see what went wrong. I got to see what went, what went right. And then I got to emulate that as well. Nice. Yeah. It's cool when you have like that early disposition. Growing up, um, having like event um, exposure and things like that, did you have, was it a specific genre or was it across all platforms? You, you mentioned nightlife, like where was there a, a, an industry specific? Yeah. So my dad is a personal development speaker and writer and he would tour all over the world. And I toured with him for a lot of my life. And I helped like pass out papers even when I was like a, a tiny little child to like a thousand people in the audience, or I'd help run the bookstore in the back end, or I'd help with Amex cards. So I was really involved with a lot of the things he was doing pretty much every, every summer. He would put on these camps. Um, they were called warrior training camps and they're big events that would last all week. And I would help with logistics or run that or, or do a whole portion. So that was um, a lot of my life was doing a lot of that. Also going to school, of course, too. Um, but yeah, personal growth was really big in with him and in my family as well. And my mom is into it too. And then when I got older, I worked in the nightlife and event industry too, saw more of like the club nightlife. So I was able to experience like more of the lighting and sound and things yeah. like that too. Yeah, those are, and there's so many moving parts, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like imperative that you have some kind of an early exposure to that or serve a massive internship because, and this kind of launches us into um, my fascination with what you did um, in launching a festival. I honestly um, hadn't pondered the thought too much prior to meeting you, but um, when I think of launching festivals, I don't think of an individual being capable of doing that. I picture massive corporations with huge teams of people, you know, and a ton of money that they can put together and they, it's usually fueled by marketing or some other less altruistic motive, you know, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. I just would never surmise um, that it would be the idea of one individual. So I'm wondering um, when you, what was your inspiration? When did you start to culminate this idea? Was it one day? Was it over a period of years that you were like, I'm going to do a festival? Yeah. Well, for all of those that are listening, it always just starts with one. I mean, even the people that have these massive teams and lots of funding, it had to start with one person and one idea. So I mean, that is very daunting. And of course, like jumping into a festival, you have to be somewhat, I don't like out of your mind. You have to be yeah. somewhat like 
what, like you really, you're going to do this. And it's, yeah. you have to also be okay with the success, um, and the failures. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, I know like, what's the worst that can happen. I lose all my money. I lose like everything I have. And then what's going to happen to me, or I try and I do my very, very best. And I know that we're putting something good up into the world. So, I mean, I got two options there. So you have to be a risk taker too. Um, but yes, I, I wanted to get into this because I felt like there was a direct need for the community and the why is much bigger than myself. And so that is like pretty yeah. much this whole thing started. And I wanted to put on a festival, first of all, because my background's in events. And then second of all, I wanted something fun. Like the mission behind this is wellness for the women, trans and non-binary communities. And just holding like some sort of like meetup or something didn't seem appealing enough. I like events. I want to go meet people. I want to go have fun. I want to go dance. I want to like go like experience life. And I felt like this is something I would want. And if I could bring that to the world, like that's like my contribution. Yeah. And we talked earlier about um, off the record before about how it was interesting. You kind of enlightened me to the concept that, you know, in a lot of um, non cisgendered, you know, communities, you have a couple of pockets still, even in this latter day of like 2020, you know, hugging 2021. It's this there's still kind of like the pub or the recovery institute, like it, it, the idea of being, you know, this adult, this young adult and where you go to hang out with your people is still these like very kind of specifically in recovery or, you know, utilizing some kind of stimulant to meet up. And I thought that was interesting. Can you kind of speak to, was that part of why you chose the health and wellness or was it more reaping back to your childhood? Like, how did that all work? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like what we just spoke about is there's there's two opposite spectrums. It's like you're either in recovery like AA or um and you're you're totally sober or you're going out partying a lot. And there's no spaces or not a lot of them or barely any, even that I know of, that are for the women trans non-binary community or even LGBTQ plus communities that really just involve more wellness or that middle ground of like we're here for you before you get to needing to go to AA and just cutting out everything um or having to go to a nightclub every single night so i mean the queer community started um underground in nightclubs and in like bar scenes and it's still kind of doing the same thing like a lot of people meet up in those spaces as well like that's kind of where you find your community and i have found that being in the um i'm a queer woman and being in that community for 15 years like that's where i've met all my friends and that's where people go to meet up and i know that's not for every single person but i'm really trying to cultivate a space that's like this positive conscious wellness space that people go have fun at and it doesn't just have to be this bar and nightlife scene so it came out of a need i'd say for mental health number one um and number two a need for space um of course like it's in my background wellness is really important to me but more than that like lgbtq plus community struggles with the most depression and suicide more than any other community and yet we continue to meet at bars and it's a cyclical effect of like oh i have depression or mental health issues and now i'm gonna go meet at a bar and meet up meet up with my friends it's really hard for me to just keep 
doing that and trying to, you know, solve or heal myself. So I'm trying to make it easy for people and cultivate friendships and cultivate love that's in a, in, in a more positive and constructive atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such an amazing endeavor. I want to climb deeper into ethos, but before we do that, as promised, for all of my little nerdy founder friends out there um, and entrepreneurial spirits alike, can you give us just the quick, um, quick and dirty breakdown of the logistics? So when it was founded, did you take any funding? Do you have co-founders um, and, and any other like quick logistics? Mm-hmm. So it was founded in 2019. We are baby new. So um, that's when I got my business like actual license and the EIN number, but um, it took a year before that of just mapping out what the vision was and like trying to clearly think about the roadmap and how we would get there and the planning and logistics, even before we got a business number. Like it took me six months to pick a name like that. And, and just like trying to sit on that because I was like, this is going to be my baby. I'm going to have this for like 45 years. You know, I really think of something that's going to be great and trying to think of like the branding and the vision and who we're trying to attract and how we're going to do that. So that took a year. Then we got our license in 2019. And then from there it was production and building and trying to create a database out of the ethers of nothing. So, I mean, um, it took two years in the making to, to have the live festival launch for 2020. And then of course COVID hit. So we never even got to have the live festival, but in those two years, like it was pretty remarkable, the things that we got to do and how, how much traffic we actually got to drive to the um, event itself. And so we kind of grew from nothing to having 24,000 followers on Instagram, having a database of um, 5,000 emails, um, having people really excited about it. And I think the, the reason for that is, is there's a real need. And when you do something that's actually needed, and like there's a mission behind it, people will, you build it, it will come. And then when we're talking about funding, it's completely self-funded. Um, grassroots, I have zero funding from anyone else. Um, I took out my 401k from, I worked in uh, management as well, like through my whole twenties. And I was lucky to get a great 401k. So I took that out. I also have my grandma's inheritance and I wanted to do something really special with that and give back. And that's what it's funded with. And just being, I mean, for entrepreneurs, you got to be super creative. So the money that comes into the, the festival, it stays into the festival. And like, that's what I use for that. And then I have my little side things is where I could feed myself is like, I rent out my condo and I actually live with my parents and I'm going to have to do that for probably the next three years, because I know that's what it takes to get a business off of the ground. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing um, to be very thoughtful about it um, on a personal point of view, you know, cashing out your 401k, which I think a lot of people have had to do over, you know, the past couple of months, but being thoughtful about how um, one spends, I think people have returned to the idea of being thoughtful about how one spends um, inheritance or money saved away or anything like that. And the idea that you're putting it back into the social impact of putting it back into humanity and your humanity, you know, your community and this, um, this concept of a festival and bringing people together is, it's really special. I think it, it adds another energy. It doesn't matter who, what you buy into. If you're, you know, praying to crystals or a devout Catholic, like everyone believes in an energy of what you're doing and the intention that you're putting into your life. And it's such a meaningful thing to take 
money in my point of view like that and really put it forward. Your grandmother, I mean, her legacy moving on with this movement, just the beauty in that is amazing. I'm wondering, can you elaborate? You kind of dropped a little seed um, and I'm wondering if you can tell us the story about how you came up with the name. Oh, yes. Um, so I really wanted something catchy. I wanted something that has multiple meanings. Like, you know, I, I played with the idea of acronyms quite a bit. And I was like, okay, it could have like intersectional and diversity and it could have this and movement and whatever. And then it just nothing registered as much as like I was looking up just I wanted something that meant the collective, like something that brought us together. And then just the the words of like some of us and then turning the um, sum into S-U-M and having it a play on words. So to me, that's the one that ended up sticking. I had like three of them and I pretty much asked all my friends and family members and had them all vote. And in some of us was not the top one, but I just kept thinking about it. And I was like, I think we're going to go with it. You know, we had Omnia, that was one of it. And it stood for it had all these like different acronyms with it. Um, and we had a couple of other ones, but then Omnia was um, taken by like a lot of other businesses and clubs and things like that. So um, some of us to me means the collective of, um, of us and we're the women trans non-binary community. And some of us also means there's, it's like we're a marginalized community within this larger community. So it's the collective of this marginalized community is what some of us means. Yeah, I love that. That's a cool, and I like the idea that you're like, wasn't the top one, you know, but it's the one that kept coming back to you because it is your baby, you know, and at the end of the day, it should come down to you. Um, and it sounds a lot like naming a baby as well. I think some of that is the exact same trajectory. Um, did you, so we were, so when we were talking earlier, you got into a part that was really meaningful to me because I hadn't really considered it and I love things I haven't considered. Um, and I, you kind of got into communities that there was a very specific reason for a location. Originally, when you were um, going to do this, you had a location scouted and activities, and it spoke to members who were attending and activities that had been um, not done as frequently or freeing, mm -hmm. such as um, swimming. Can you kind of speak to some of those, like how that all tied in? Yeah. So we, when we were looking for venues, uh, I wanted something that, like you said, felt really free and people can really be themselves free of judgment, free of any phobias. And, um, I actually read a census uh, that was taken a couple years ago um, back and it said, um, it asked trans folks, if you did not have to worry about transphobia for 24 hours, what would you do with your time? And the number one answer was go swimming. Mm -hmm. So with that, it really, I, I consider myself a trans ally for a hundred percent. Like that is my community. And I really wanted to do something along those lines where we can make that a reality. So we have the first um, celebration swim for trans bodies, uh, plus friends. And that's a big, like everyone jumps into the water. There's floaties, there's music, there's DJs, there's dancers, and everyone just has a great time not thinking about what they look like and just enjoying playing in the water. And so like, I really just wanted to, to make that happen. Yeah. I love that. And I hadn't really thought about that for me, you know, the idea of being in a festival that's inclusive and for your community, I felt like that would be enough. And then the concept of like parsing out actual activities that have been just kind of eliminated, you know, out of a lot of people's lives from fear of discrimination and things like that was so moving and powerful. 
So COVID hit and, um, and I, you know, and, and this kind of got swept from underneath your feet. You had a date planned, things were moving forward and um, you kind of, you, you went to a breaking point and what was, how did you pivot? What was after the tears or if there were any, there were a ton from me. I was the biggest ball baby in the world when I got grounded from COVID, but um, what, uh, what was your next turn? How did you kind of handle that situation? I definitely went through my grieving time, so I can relate with you there. And after I felt like my world kind of fell down a little bit, I tried to think of what I could do to pick myself back up. And I think, well, just speaking on, for myself, when you're do, doing something bigger than you, it's like there is no thoughts about, yeah. well, does this keep going or not? It's like, it has to, and who else is going to do it? Like, so, I mean, if someone else was doing it, then great. They could, they could do that. And I would join them, but like, no one's doing this. So it's, I, um, was like, okay, well, this still needs to happen. Spaces like this need to happen right now. They're not happening live. So we decided to go virtual and currently we have a virtual festival coming up uh, July 24th to 26th with a lot of the same programming that we have at the live event and we're calling it our virtual campground. We actually have it programmed to look like a virtual campground, which is super fun. It's really interactive. Um, we will have the live festival happening in 2021 when live events can come back. But for this year, we just wanted to keep the community together and we tried, to, we made it donation based so that whoever wants to come can come. And we, we did our best to like create that same like area where you can meet people and network and learn and explore. And like, we even have that trans swim as well. So we just had to get super creative. And like, that's part of, I think, running events too, is like, you just, you're constantly putting out fires. So it's like, yeah. just thinking about like, okay, what's, how else can we do that? What's another route is like really great. So just on the topic of that um, swim, we have this amazing situation where people are going to be in bathtubs or showers or in their swimming pools or in their hot tubs, however they can incorporate water. And then we're going to have them, if they want to raise their hand, we're going to have that little um, camera on them as long, and there's going to be two DJs going and then there's prizes for the, you know, the most creative swim and it's sponsored by Dr. Bronner's. We're handing out soap to people. So it's just super fun. Um, and we just wanted again to like do something that was exciting where people can showcase what they look like and have water, but of course it's not outside right now. It's amazing. In fact, that's the number one thing I would think you couldn't do. And I love the creativity behind that. Yeah. And you can do anything, you know, you, you just can. need an open mind. That's so fantastic. Mm -hmm. So if everyone's trying to find out more information about it, they can go to someofusfest.com and learn everything about the dates. And then do you have the, have you even speculated a month or anything for the 2021 in-person festival? Yeah, so the in-person festival is May 2021, and I'm really excited about that because now that will be three years in the making, um, but yeah. that's going to be so much fun, and it's going to be a great place for everyone to actually meet in real life and connect with the community, all women and any trans folks and any um, non-binary folks um, are welcome, and it's just, I can't wait for that. Are you still thinking about doing it in, um, like, on the California coastline somewhere, like north of LA? Um, it's actually going to be the, the closest, um, area will be NorCal and probably Sacramento, San Francisco. Um, but it's somewhere in between. It's definitely drivable 
um, between LA and San Francisco. So accessible for both for sure. Which for those of you who haven't done it is a stunning drive. I live in San Diego and when I go to San Francisco, I try to drive because it, that area between Los Angeles and um, San Francisco's wine country. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's one of the best. Well, if you're not on the, yeah, don't, don't, don't take the five, <laughs> take the one, but um, yeah, it's awesome. That's fantastic. I look forward to hearing um, more about that as it kind of comes to fruition, especially since you're adding on this beautiful layer of um, this preview, you know, of your virtual festival. I think it's going to, people are going to recognize each other in person, you know, from, from this, this COVID moment and this virtual festival to the final 2021 in person, it's going to have a, a totally different life. And I also think that it gives people a chance to uh, connect with the community that like live in other countries. Like we've had people sign up for the virtual festival that like live so far away that I'm like, well, where is that? So it's been really exciting to be able to put that on and create this other form of accessibility. And then, you know, same with the price too. Like, of course, because of all of these, I mean, I mean, in all transparency, I lost tons of money because of COVID-19 and being in a live event, um, mm. but not enough for me to like not have a place to live. So I'm still very lucky. Mm. And, um, with that said, you know, we're, I'm trying to create this to be accessible for people to come. That's why it's donation based. We say it's a suggested $45 donation. You get all three days, you get every single workshop and we have workshops ranging from like DreamWorks, yoga, working out, nutrition, like mental health. There's so many fun things and we have networking and whichever. Um, but if you can pay more, pay more. And if you can't, you can't. And then it just like, that's the whole mission is we get everyone together to just meet and like have a network of kind of more conscious, healthy-minded learning and education. That's so awesome. I can't wait. It's really exciting. I've told, we, we did a pre-interview as I've mentioned a couple of times, but I've told several of my colleagues and friends and even my daughters about it and they are kind of over the moon. Um, I don't, I haven't talked to anyone who isn't just like, this is wonderful. Why don't we have this yet? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why Coachella is still going on. Like I'd rather have more of the things like this. You know, I, there's so many festivals that have been played out or done poorly. I just cannot wait for this one. Thank you. Um, yeah, for sure. Moving forward, I'm wondering, and you have your goals kind of set. We've unpacked them, baked into all of this. You've got 2021, you've got the virtual thing that's on your on your plate right now. Um, but moving forward into the future, do you have goals for the next one to three years in preparation for 2021 or looking past that? Are you always kind of going to next two festivals out or can you speak to any of the goals that you've made or that have changed with this? I'd like to have a live festival that is successful every year where people can go to and call it home. That's the true goal. I want people to go there and say, I found my best friend. I found the partner I want to be with. I made um, so many connections. I learned about myself. I feel like that's where I became my best self and then come back every year and like know that they could center there. So that's my goal is like really what I, I want to probably have a census at some point saying like, how do you feel about this? And then when I can get that answer, I think that that's what I've, I've made it. Yeah. That's an excellent goal. And it's the first time I've ever heard about anyone's goal being based on feedback, <laughs> the community that they're serving in the past three years. And I love it. Um, I'm wondering, uh, do you have any restrictions when people are looking into this, they can hit your website and I'm sure find out a lot more than I'm going to ascertain today, but, um, do you have restrictions? Are there age restrictions? Are there any restrictions for people who want to attend? 
for, for the virtual festival, it's 18 and up. One of our sponsors is kink.com. So they're going to be doing like kinky workshops and like talking about bondage and sexual wellness. So it's 18 and up for that. And then for the, uh, festival that's live it's 21 and up because we do have an option of like if you do want to grab a um like a spiked lemonade you can do that like it's definitely not centered around any drinking but we do have that option but it won't be sober either yeah i guess right, exactly it's that middle ground we we call it choose your own adventure we have three workshops going on at once and they're all ranging in different things like one could be a networking workshop and the other is a nutrition workshop and the other one's a movement workshop and so you get to choose during that whole hour which one you're going to and it's constant and just doesn't stop and then so that's why like we have options for you if you want to go swimming and that's your medicine at the time go swimming if you want to go sit in silence and meditate that's your medicine if you want to go have a drink with your friends and that's your that's your medicine but it's a hundred percent not focused on that so we just want to show that people can be balanced and that you don't have to be in those like two spectrums of like i'm completely yeah i'm in aa or i'm like partying every single second absolutely life is absolutely in between those two polar opposites um, do you, when will you start selling tickets? Are you already selling tickets for 2021? We are not. I, I think we will probably be launching the actual ticket sales probably January, 2021. Um, and then really, cause I want to take this time definitely to, uh, fine tune all of the things that, you know, kind of got thrown up in the air during COVID-19 and deliver my best to say, here's exactly what's happening. Cause because of COVID-19, you know, we actually switched venues. So that's a big reason like why we're not putting tickets on sale right now, because I want to give everyone all of the resources of exactly what this venue entails. Like what can you expect to see there and, and how will the camping be, or is there power, you know? So there's so many things that I need to deliver first on my end. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even imagine. Like I said, I swarm, like you just mentioned that whole can of worms just with the venue. I hadn't even thought about venue. I was still on like vendors and like activities and people leading, you know, you mentioned all these workshops, specialists, like it's, it's daunting. Mm -hmm. um, and to that end, how big is your team right now? Can you give us like a big head count? Yeah. Um, we have about eight people on the team. That doesn't sound big enough. <laughs> yeah, in my head. I'm like, you need like 25, but yeah, 25. I could definitely use 25. I'd say I do. I'm working every day. Uh, I know that's just what it's going to take. And as long as I'm, you know, staying super productive in the tasks that I need to be doing, it does really move forward. Yeah. But um, I'd say my, my team is, is small, but mighty. Uh, we we nice. do a lot. And, and also, um, it's, it's interesting what one person can do, like the outreach that one person can have. So yeah, True. I'd say my team of eight is, is freaking killer, even though we could use double of everyone. Yeah. And right. You are a team of eight is better than a team of a hundred. If, if everyone's doing a great job. Hmm. Um, so, uh, will you take volunteers? If someone's hearing this and interested in volunteering, can they reach out to you like for the actual event? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we actually have been looking for ambassadors for the virtual festival and volunteers for the live event. We had so many incredible volunteers that we interviewed that were ready to go for the live event that we transferred their tickets over. So we do have a volunteer team, but yes, if anyone's listening and believes in this and like wants to be a part of it, please reach out to me or please reach out to us. Um, you'll see on the website that there's a contact us little link. And I'd love to discuss more and like see what, how we can work together and what we can do. 
Yeah. So exciting. So cool. I, I can't imagine there wouldn't be a ton of people that wouldn't want to volunteer. It sounds fantastic. So wrapping everything up today, um, we're going to end with a, the, like my favorite piece um, of these podcast series in this series. And I'm wondering if you ran into um, a young woman or a female identified non-binary individual, anyone essentially other than like a cisgendered straight white man. And they said, um, hey, Madison, listen, I've, you know, I've kind of got this like history and past going on with my career. I've, I've cultivated a lot of skills. I'm doing this, this, and this. And I, I want to reach out now and start doing like what I've kind of grown up doing and also um, have always wanted to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch this mini festival or conference or convention, something of that magnitude. And they said, can you, you know, can you give me your top three pieces of advice? What would they be knowing what you know now? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's such a good question. I mean, I can talk about the top three pieces of advice I have for the event, but if someone is getting involved with anything that's social or community-based, like I was saying, like my goal has to do with feedback, but you can't take feedback so personally because I will get the feedback that's like, wow, this is going to change my life. Thank you so much. And I'll also get the feedback of like, why don't you have enough fat presenters or why don't you have this and that and that? And it's like, you know, we're as accessible as we can possibly be. And we're as diverse as we can possibly be. And I'm always trying to learn and I'm always trying to do better, but I won't be perfect in everyone's eyes. Mm -hmm. So the net, if you are doing something socially or for anything, just work on having thick skin, but let's talk about the top three. If you're going to run an event, um, one would be, be a problem solver. Uh, expect to put out fires and adapt and be creative. Number two is prepare for 20%. Usually in events, 20% um, of people will not show up. They'll come late. There's going to be some situation with them. So I try to oversell. If we have a goal of 500, I oversell by 20% because it's pretty common that 20% will just not happen. And number three is just expect for the unexpected. Um, I mean, not, we don't want to be negative here. Everything is like our, we're realistic. Our goals are positive at the same time. If it rains, what does it look like? If, if the power goes out, what does it look like? Yeah. I'm, we didn't expect a pandemic to happen. <laughs> that was you just got a month. baptism in that one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was a hundred percent an unexpected one that I was not prepared for, yeah. but the more prepared for like things like sound to go out or like any things that could potentially happen that you could think of. Like I have a whole risk manager and that's their job is literally to look for the problems and then try to solve them before they happen. Then that's a, a good thing to have. Absolutely. All right. So I have an overarching rule of getting feedback and incorporating it, but don't take the feedback too personally. And then your top three are be a problem solver, prepare for the 20% of the unknown or undersold. And the third one is expect the unexpected and always stay prepared. Yeah, I love that. Those are so genius. They, they actually communicate across all industries. And I bet you that they're the top three that most industries don't think enough about and um, with founding any enterprise and ought to think more. I think in the event space, you're constantly having to think about 50,000 balls. And so you keep these wonderful umbrellas of thought constantly happening. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you get more microscopic in your details of you know, um, companies, you tend to forget a lot of those. Like especially the expecting 20% less of sales. I think a lot of, a lot of founders would go under less if they actually expected far less than projections. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's awesome. Well, Madison, we're out of time, but I just want to say thank you so much. This is our second hour together. <laughs> You've been so gracious and I'm so excited about your festival, the virtual one, the in-person one in 2021. Um, I really appreciate your time today and all of your candor and your story. 
Thank you, Patricia. I appreciate you too. Absolutely. And for everyone listening, we've been speaking with Madison Ecker. She is the founder of Some of Us Festival. You can find it online at www.someofusfest.com. Until we speak again next time, thank you so much for giving us your time. And remember to stay in love with the world and always bet on yourself. Sláinte. Thank you.